Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Gear 30 on the Blister Podcast Network. I'm Jonathan Ellsworth, the founder of Blister, and you can check out everything we're doing and reviewing over at blisterreview.com. Today, we are running another installment of our Reviewing the Reviewer series, where we ask various Blister reviewers questions about their backgrounds and gear preferences to give you a more complete picture of the people behind our reviews. And since we like to rank and review things around here, we will be scoring each of our reviewers' answers to come up with a review grade for each of them. In the hot seat today is our bike reviewer, David Gallet, who came through Crested Butte for several days from Seattle. So we sat down in Blister HQ and we talked about David's background in sports and mechanical engineering, the mountain biking gear he believes is most important, and then David shares a fantastic story about Jed Yeiser, and there is much more. And then you'll want to stick around for the outro where we will give you David's official reviewing the reviewer ranking. And with that, let's get to my conversation with David Golay. Well, here we are back in Blister HQ for another round of reviewing the reviewer. And our guest today is David Golay, who is in from Seattle. Now, fun fact to preface this episode, there's apparently like a kid's birthday party taking place uh, upstairs above Blister HQ. We can tell you, it sounds like those kids are having an amazing time and also possibly playing with jackhammers. Uh, I'm not... Yeah, I'm concerned about one of them falling through the ceiling in a minute. Yeah, at some point, it's keep, you know, stay tuned because we might have a child crash through the, the, the ceiling onto this table. But that said, David, um, we're happy to have you in from Seattle. And uh, I think you know how this works. Um, this is a big deal, probably the most important test of your life. Most likely, yeah. Uh, you are going to be graded on your answers and uh, using my best judgment and wealth of discernment, ultimately we'll be grading your personhood. That's really what we're after here. Right. Um, so let's go ahead and talk about your background. Yeah, cool. Uh, so I grew up in Ithaca, New York and started mostly the, what I did first is a, for athletic stuff when I was a kid was I played hockey uh, starting when I was, I think, in first grade. So when I was tiny and then started skiing a few years after that and kind of traded back and forth between skiing and hockey through certainly through elementary school and into middle school. At some point in there, hockey kind of started to become a little bit too demanding to do both and skiing fell by the wayside for a little while. At that point, uh, I was mostly playing hockey in the winter and also around then picked up mountain biking as a summer pursuit. So started mountain biking in sometime early in middle school and have been doing that pretty much ever since. And then hurt my shoulder, kind of tried to play through it for a season or two of hockey, but it really wasn't working out and quit hockey, I think after my sophomore year of high school, at which point I started skiing quite a bit more again. And it's skiing and mountain biking have kind of been the two big uh, hobbies of mine, I guess, since then. Yeah. Fun fact, my father went to Ithaca College. Oh, is that right? Yep. Yeah, that's my hometown. Okay. 
And then you were in Ithaca till when? Through high school. Okay. And then after that, I moved to Southern California to go to college. I went to Harvey Mudd and started mechanical engineering there. Uh, spent a little while in Australia after college, working some random jobs there, and then moved to Seattle about seven years ago and have been there since. And um, then sort of got on, jumped on board at Blister earlier this year. Yeah. I'm actually concerned now that the children upstairs are like making their way down to murder us. <laughs> That's kind of what it sounds like now. We might need to just scrap this and just go join the party. Cause like, <laughs> that, again, I, at least we have skis to arm ourselves or something do. if the hordes invade. I can't tell if they're having a ton of fun or becoming more violent or both, but, uh, that may not be mutually exclusive. Yeah. 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 Um, you said you worked some random jobs. This was in Australia? Yeah. Uh, How random? So I ran a microscope at a research lab uh, doing material science research for a bit. Uh, that was the main thing I did over there. What were you microscoping? Uh, it was like fine scale uh, grain structure of some complicated metal alloys, trying to figure out their properties better. The like. What the research was, that was being done was uh, trying to figure out how to develop high entropy alloys, which are like a normal aluminum alloy, say, is upwards of 95% aluminum with just small amounts of other stuff in it in order to alter its mechanical properties. And what this research was, was trying to do like five, six, seven elements in something approaching equal amounts of all of them. And so they're just much more complicated alloys that haven't really been commercialized very much yet and trying to figure out how to make those work. I am all for science, but that job sounds kind of boring. True or false? Ye medium boring, but it was a good excuse to be in Australia for a while and enjoy that. So Yeah. How, like, how many hours a day were you just staring into a microscope where I'm guessing like not a whole lot was happening? Uh, so it was a combination of like staring into the microscope, like you said, and uh, doing sample prep of cutting up and grinding bits of metal and polishing them to do that and so on. But I was doing that like pretty much a full-time job. Okay. Oof. Um, let's try to earn you back some points because uh, <laughs> you you're working on a slight deduction at the moment. What was your best story from that time in Australia? Ooh, okay. Uh, that's pretty good. Uh, so I... At the end of the time there, I rented a camper van with a friend, and we spent about a month driving around the country and exploring. And uh, we planned the whole thing and booked the van reservation and a variety of stuff like that while at a bar drinking a fair bit, as one does. And uh, my the friend I was going with insisted that she could drive a manual transmission. Uh, so we booked the cheaper manual transmission van. I then proceeded to break my foot playing soccer about a week before we embarked on this trip. And then at that point, she was like, oh, yeah, I probably can't really drive a manual very well. So I got to do all the driving in a manual with a broken foot. That's pretty good. All right. That whole background, we're going to give you we're going to give you a seven. I'll take that. Yeah. yeah. Um, how did you first get connected with Blister? Yeah, so I've been reading Blister for a while, uh, mostly on the ski side, 
and then um, you guys put out an ad looking for someone to work on the bike side of things early this spring, and I applied for that, and here we are. And here we are. Uh, we were mountain biking today. Sort of. Yeah. Something approximating mountain biking, I guess. It was like snowshoeing <laughs> slash kind of mountain biking slash survival skiing. Uh, it, yeah, a yeah. little all of the above. Now, that actually was definitely the most snow I personally have ever mountain biked in. Yeah. You, though? Uh, n- no. It is like probably the most, about the most snow that I have, like, semi-successfully mountain biked in. It was sort of, you know, because it's at the border of, like, what you could ride a bike through. Yeah. Um, I have tried to ride a mountain bike through a lot more snow than that, but it didn't go well. Okay. We also learned today... Uh, I found the real, real weakness of clipless pedals today <laughs> since I was the one of the three of us uh, who was uh, attempting to clip in, but there was mm-hmm. not so much clipping in, it turns out. You will note that in the uh, clipless pedal roundup we did a while ago, I said specifically that I ride flats in the winter because it sucks. You did not read that or listen to my advice. There. I, act- <laughs> I actually did read that. But I don't. I don't even think I currently own a pair of flats. Now, granted, okay, there are another pair of flats here in Blister HQ. But yeah, there's a yeah, pair on the floor right over there, there's, man. There is a pair on the floor, but I've I've learned my lesson. All right, um, that was a pretty good story. Um, we're gonna go seven again. All right, let's talk about some some bike preferences, things that you personally are into or look for in a bike or when it comes to components. Yeah. Some general stuff when looking at bikes, and part of this is driven by the fact that I live in Seattle, and most of the riding that I do around there tends to be pretty mellow fire road kinds of climbs and then quite steep fall line descents. But for me living there, that really makes me pretty into sort of the modern trend of long reaches, slack head angles, steep seat tubes, all of that stuff works really well for the kind of riding that I mostly do around Seattle and maybe makes a little less sense if you're on more rolling stuff generally, but that's just not what my terrain is. And so that's a big one. I'm picky about tires. Maxis probably makes the biggest line of things that I like a lot of. Um, There are definitely other tires out there that I like quite a bit as well. It's not like it's exclusively Maxis, but they're sort of have the most dialed range, I guess. Um, tend to like Shimano drivetrains quite a bit, and the SB130 that I was riding today has the new XT12 speed stuff on it that obviously wasn't a very comprehensive test today. But uh, <laughs> we, we did get to test the the full blown POW performance <laughs> of the of the XT1 by 12. Yeah, it did right? great. So that was cool. Yeah, um, a lot of POW testing today. <laughs> yeah, a lot of POW testing today. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else on the components or kind of stuff? Uh, I am one of the things I'm weirdly picky about. I guess is handlebar sweep and uh, rise position, like specifically sweep. Um, tend to like things that are relatively, I guess, less sweep. Especially, I was sort of surprised that I got on that Yeti and wasn't initial like immediately annoyed by the handlebar because I do have that reaction on a lot of bikes, but. Um, I don't know what the numbers are on that. It's a Yeti branded bar that I don't have off the top of my head, but that actually worked pretty well for me, which was a uh, pleasant surprise, I guess. Nice. That's uh, that's their POW handlebar. 
that uh, specifically designed for deep snow performance. So um, that's why you like that bar so much. Today. Might have been it, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so those are some of your preferences. Anything that you particularly strongly dislike when it comes to okay. components or geo or whatever? Yeah. Um, two slack C2 mangles are one of the first ways to make a bike really annoy me. That one's easy. Um, press fit bottom brackets are a pain in the ass, and I'm just there's no particular advantage to them from the user standpoint. Um, arguably, they're a little easier to manufacture, but that's not my problem. And once the bike's in my hand, I don't want to deal with it. Internal routing, I'm mostly also in the camp of it's just annoying, and I don't really care about the cosmetics that much. Hmm. So that's another one that I'd rather have the simpler, easier to work on thing than try to make it look pretty. I mean, the ongoing proliferation of new random axle standards and all of that kind of stuff in the bike world is irritating and none of it to my mind has really very greatly improved anything. It's just made stuff different and incompatible and would have been great if we'd stuck with 142 rear ends and 20 millimeter through axles and never thought about it again. Yeah. Okay. That's a pretty good answer actually. I'm going to I'm going to give you an eight and a half on that one. Excellent. Okay. Next question. And also kind of a fun fact. I understand that recently you met someone who I think we've now twice named our favorite person to talk to at SIA and who also was the very first guest ever on a blister podcast. Do you care to tell this story? Yeah. Uh, so Jonathan's referring to Jed Yeiser uh, of K2 Skis. And Jed and I met on a mountain bike ride a couple weeks ago. Uh, a friend of ours organized this group ride, just invited both of us separately. Uh, I had no idea that Jed was coming and actually didn't realize that the guy who was there was Jed until he recognized me from my bike, the Nikolai G16 that I reviewed on Blister. And it's like, wait a second, aren't you the new Blister bike guy? And we <laughs> kind of put it all together from there. Did you did you know that your friend also was friends with Jed? No, I had no idea. Okay, so this was totally out of yeah, the blue. Fully surprised. At what at what point did Jed did Jed recognize the bike like before the actual ride? Yeah, it was just like well, we were sitting in the parking lot, yeah. getting ready to go. We hadn't even started moving yet. Before we get to the grand finale, fair is fair. Let's review Jed as a rider. Jed's a pretty good rider. Okay. Uh, we were riding kind of what I think is the set of trails closest to Seattle that Jed and I both ride most often. Um, we're, I guess, not on the same schedule because I've never seen him out there, but like clearly trails that we both know well and ride a lot. Um, he, yeah, he's just very good, strong technical rider and a lot of fun to ride with. It's good. Well, that's good because I hear he can't really ski at all. So I'm <laughs> glad that, I'm glad he makes up for it on a bike. Yeah. And then the finale to the whole ride that Jonathan's alluding to is that... Please don't leave out any details. It will reflect in your score because cool. I love this story. Yeah. So the ride in question ends and the at the end of the parking lot, there's a set of jersey barriers and then there's a sort of bunch of dirt piled up on the trail side of it so that you can just huck the jersey barriers into the parking lot, basically. And we're done with the ride. It's over. Uh, and Jed does the little Jersey barrier jump into the parking lot and just completely explodes his rear shock. 
I was right behind him when he <laughs> did it too. So I had the absolute perfect vantage point of the whole thing. And when he landed somehow, the entire compression assembly just stripped out of his shock body, launched across the parking lot, like pinged off a parked car that was over there with the, the guy standing next to the car, huge geyser of oil out of the shock body. And then the shock was done. And he kind of just looked down and went, well, the hell just happened there and so the re <laughs> the reaction was this kind of our our fairly typical i think kind of calm cool collected jed response or did he kind of lose it or what was the he like was sort of he was mostly pretty calm and collected about it but was just almost seemed more befuddled than anything that this could have possibly happened and that it happened there it was for sure the not the hardest that he had hit the rear wheel on that ride like he'd done bigger stuff and somehow that was the proverbial straw i guess but that's pretty good i'm giving you a 10 for that story mostly because it involved jed blowing things up so that's good you also are currently walking with a serious limp um, yeah. What is going on? You look like kind of, I don't know, like Lurch from the <laughs> Adams Family or something. Uh, man, that's brutal. Um, well, so yeah, I'm uh, recovering still from a tibial plateau fracture that I suffered in the beginning of April. I, uh, in short, basically tomahawked down a cliff bandit crystal and uh, it didn't end particularly well. Uh, so out of all that, got four plates and I think it's 22 screws to put my tibia back together and it's right at the top of the tibia where it forms the lower half of the knee joint so that getting all the soft tissue in the knee joint back to where it ought to be and my knee working right again is uh, still a work in progress. Yeah, this is a, you ripped stuff up pretty good. Yeah, didn't treat it very well. Yeah. Um, I'm starting to know way too many people in my life who ride bikes far better than they walk. <laughs> like this is a disturbing trend, but uh, yeah, uh, I'm certainly in that camp right now. Yeah. Um, well, we hope that you continue to heal up on Thanks. that. It's um, making good progress. I'm getting there. Okay. Well, we're going to give you an eight uh, for your limp explanation. And uh, are you, you going to be skiing like, you expected to be skiing soonish here or yes uh probably another couple months out but i fully expect to be skiing this season okay slightly random question for you i guess but who is your favorite reviewer at blister well before today i probably would have said luke but after uh his ride selection today that cost him some demerits uh so in light of that I'm probably going to have to go with Noah. Uh, he writes really well. His reviews are on point and funny, and he's been good to work with. So Yeah. Man, this is getting – he's getting way too many props in, these, in this series, though. And, like, let's be honest. I mean, you were reading my reviews for the, like, before you started doing this. This is true. So – I'm only doing this because I'm, you know, feeling like, you know, I'm feeling self-conscious that we all talk about our deep love of Noah. So I'm, I'm just yeah. scraping for points. Well, okay. So what I will say, uh, to your credit, is that uh, of the blister ski reviewers, you are, I think, the one whose reviews uh, work best for me. Largely in that we have, I think, more similar ski preferences than I do with, say, Luke, or sure as hell with Sam. So, uh, yeah, your ski reviews are kind of the ones for me that 
are most straightforward and require the least translation to think through, okay, he's saying this about it, but we think about things differently. Yada, yeah. yada, yada. Okay. Well, I'm definitely giving you a 10 for that answer after I <laughs> absolutely made you say that it was Noah and me. Um, so yeah, that's how you earn a 10 around here. Um, who is your favorite mountain biker and or skier? Okay. Um, favorite mountain biker. Like the, the mountain biking sort of uh, that I watch the most of is for sure the World Cup downhill circuit. And there are, I mean, the competition's been really good, and there are a whole bunch of guys and women who are yeah. a ton of fun to watch there. Um, so picking exactly one's hard. Uh, Danny Hart is super fun to watch, and his Champere World Champs run from whatever that was is still just one of the most amazing things I've ever seen someone do on a bike. Um, this year, the battle between Amory and Loic was amazing and have a ton of respect for both of those guys and they're both a lot of fun to watch but i feel like i almost feel like people have to they're both amazing clearly right right but i still feel like it's a little bit coke and pepsi or it's actually that's a bad analogy because they're not the same no not even close right so uh I'm, what i'm trying to say is i feel like I think one, it's crazy if we don't have utmost respect for both. And yet I also feel like people from a style point of view or the rest probably yeah. are gonna go to one camp or the other. Yeah, no, if you're you're if I had to had to pick, I'm going with Loic. Just his bike control and how absolutely precise he looks all the time yeah. is unreal. Yeah. And it's a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. Okay. Uh favorite skier I think I'm giving to Angel Collinson. She's just skis some unbelievably huge gnarly lines and the way she sort of combines doing them really, really goddamn fast and then also just linking things together in very creative ways is super cool and a lot of fun to watch. That's also how you get a 10 uh, from me for an answer. So that's another 10. I think you, you're probably coming in first place in these reviewing the reviewer things. What's the stupidest thing you've ever done? Uh, it might be the tibial plateau fracture that we just talked about. Um, I mean, certainly it's by far the worst injury I've suffered. And I, I mean, I guess I sort of bounce back and forth on thinking whether like how much it was stupid versus unlucky, you know, unlucky things happen. Um, but there was definitely an element to I put myself in a situation that I probably wouldn't have if I had thought harder about the prevailing snowpack and suffered for it. So, and especially given that that's kind of made for a pretty rough year for me, that's certainly the thing I'm feeling okay. worst about right now. Well, I feel like I should give you a high score because I feel bad for you for your year, but it really wasn't a very funny story. So it's I'm really, a great story. I'm really only giving it a three. and um, I'll, I'll take that. I'll accept it. I mean, I put a throwing star in an electric socket. Yeah, so. no, your story was way better than yeah, mine. Yeah, I definitely... I, I, I don't pretend to compete with that yeah, one. Yeah, I'm really... I've done some really stupid things. What are you better at than Sam Shaheen? Uh, oh, boy, where to start? Um, well, I think presumably mountain biking. I haven't mountain biked with Sam Shaheen, but I feel pretty safe in that assessment. 
I am going to say, like, because I did just ride bikes with Sam and Moab, Sam did great. So I, I don't doubt that you're better, but I, I just have to, and you know this pains me, <laughs> but like Sam really did really well for like awesome. barely having... Well, right, didn't you say that he hadn't been on one in a couple of years at that point? Yeah, so. like a lot of years, I think. Okay. And so I actually, I'm giving Sam a lot of props for how well he oh, rode. Oh, sweet. Okay. But oh, good for Sam. I don't think I don't think you have to worry. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, okay. So we got mountain biking. Uh, I think not annoying you would be a. a yeah. Something where I'm doing better at this point. Yeah. Uh, that's very true. Haven't skied with Sam. Good chance he's better than me. I don't know. We'll see how that Sounds goes. Sounds good at skiing. You're definitely a better writer than Sam, which has been ex- every one of us has so <laughs> far. Um, so I'm helping you with this answer. Appreciate it. Um, that's a 10. Yeah, we're giving you a 10 for that. Backing up a bit to some of the gear stuff, what gear are you most picky about and least picky about? Yeah. Um, things that I'm most picky about on the mountain bike side are tires, brakes and suspension tires first and then i'm debating if brakes and suspension were in the right order or not i might actually put suspension above brakes but those three are okay. the three most sure. picky most picky what what tire would you mo- do you most wish that you'd been riding today what do you think would have worked best for today um i mean honestly a fat bike would have been the right thing for oh, today right. but uh i don't I haven't ridden a fat bike hardly at all, so I don't have specific fat bike tire recommendations. Yeah. Um, if we're talking tires to put onto that SB130 that would yes. actually fit on it, yeah. um, probably like a, a 2.5 Max is shorty. Okay. Uh, EXOK is going to be fine. Would probably have been the move. They're big, pretty spiky. Not that anything was going to really dig in and grip very well on that, but better than most certainly better than the uh, aggressor 2.3 that i had in the back which was emphatically the wrong thing for the prevailing conditions i think i would go the other direction i i would have if we did it again i'd just put straight slicks on it and just <laughs> tokyo drift even harder through the entire ride so uh, but all right um all right what gear are you least picky about yeah um seats i don't care like i both of my bikes have like just absolutely destroyed 10 year old whatever the hell on them um cranks are not particularly impactful for the most part you may be saving some weight and as long as they're not breaking and falling off they all kind of work stems are kind of the same thing it's just if it's working you don't think about it and there's not too much else to it than that i mean stem length and fit i do have some fuzziness about but specific model or that kind of stuff's pretty unimportant for the most part. Yeah, I think that's most of my answer for that. Okay. Uh, I'm giving you a seven. Cool. Top three favorite books, movies, and musicians. Okay. My taste in movies, uh, my favorite movies tend to be kind of dark humor for the, in large part. And so some all time favorites, uh, snatch, and in Bruges or two that are really wow. up there for me. Okay. And then I think the movie that I laughed absolutely the hardest at that when I saw it was uh, The Little Death, which is this, it's an Australian movie from, I don't know, maybe four or five years ago 
that's a series of sort of short scenes, mostly not that interconnected, about a group of bunch of people's romantic relationships. Um, but they all of the scene, the different people involved are have some weird tenuous connection to each other that kind of ties together at the end. But the whole thing is just absolutely brilliantly done and hilarious look at just a very big spectrum of human sexual relationships. And it's hilarious. A little death. Yeah. All right. Now I find this another way that I like to think about this question is like, you're stranded on a desert Island. There's like, a TV, a DVD player, and you get one DVD. Yeah. What what Man. movie? You get one movie. Right. Um, I'll rule a little death out on that one for sure. It's amazing and hilarious, but it's probably not the kind of thing that really stands up to repeat yeah. viewing especially well. Yeah, I mean, out of the three I just said, it would be Snatch. All right, that's your repeat. You can. I, I feel like I need to go back and rewatch it. It's been a long time. It's so. been a little bit for me too, okay. but I've seen it... I, at least a handful of times and continue to really enjoy it. Okay. Books. Yeah. Um, all some all time favorite books. East of Eden's really up there for me. Mother Night by Vonnegut huh. is another particular favorite. I like Vonnegut a lot generally. A lot of his stuff's excellent, but Mother Night's probably my favorite. So I haven't read it in forever, but uh, kind of a childhood favorite that I still think very fondly of is. Uh, Danny, the Champion of the World by Roald Dahl. Um, that was definitely my favorite book, circa like age 8 to 12 maybe, and just one that I remember really fondly. Okay. I feel like you didn't really have the – they're not – these aren't near and dear to your heart, so I'm going to dock you a little bit on the three favorite books. Are you, are you actually reading these days? Yeah. Okay, you are. Yes. What's the last book you read? The uh, last, okay, well, I'm currently reading um, The Postmortal. It's, uh, it's a novel by Drew McGarry. It's about uh, society discovers a cure for death and what happens from there. It's kind of a quick, pretty light read for the most huh. part, but it's fun and pretty well done. I'm enjoying it. Um, a light read about the obliteration of mortality. Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> That's actually, all right, you're earning points back. Um, I've not heard of that book. Okay. Um, but I love that it's described as a light read. Yeah, um, I would. Um, and then, well, to, to get to music, um, my music taste is really all over the place. This is not like... I'm shocked to learn this. I know. So certainly there's not sort of one neat categorization of genre or anything that works. Um, but some all-time favorites. Uh, Neil Young is really high up there for me. Um, Doomtree, who are Minneapolis hip-hop group. Who, um, and then all of the various members of that have done quite a bit of solo stuff too, most of which is really good. Um, my favorite live band still, and I've seen them four or five times now, is for sure Uncle Acid and the Deadbeats, who are a British metal band, um, kind of like retro style, best comparison would be kind of early Black Sabbath, I think. Sleater Kenny is another one of my really all-time top favorite bands. Okay. So, because it's pretty all over the place. But. Okay. First of all, I'm increasingly terrified that <laughs> the children are growing more and more violent and that they are coming to, to We're kill gonna us. We're going to come back out of here after recording this, and there's going to be a zombie apocalypse scene, I think. I, 
I we might just not be able to leave this room. And like we're gonna need to bar the door with all the skis. Like I I don't know what's going on out there. Um, okay, I'm giving you a nine. You redeemed yourselves on the books. The movie thing was kind of weird, and the musician thing I thought was quite good. So you get you're getting a nine for that. Sweet. Um, do you have a random review for us? A random review. Uh, yeah, I can do a random review. Um, the random review I'm gonna, I'll do is of uh, Xi'an Noodles in Seattle. It's a like little divey hole in the wall Chinese restaurant that I discovered somewhat recently, and it's amazing. Basically, they only do one thing with very slight variants on it. It's noodles and in a sauce broth kind of thing with your choice of meat or protein on it, and that's about it. But it's cheap and amazing and about three meals worth of food for like 12 bucks, and I'm all about it. What's the name of it? Xi'an Noodles. Xi'an Noodles. Okay. So if I make my way out to Seattle. Yeah, that's first stop for sure. Okay. Okay, that's pretty good. Um, it's always good to have a, a new a new restaurant recommendation, you know, in a town. So um, I'm giving you an eight for that. Um, last question, because I'm literally like nervous about what's going on. I want to wrap this thing up. What's the best question I haven't asked you? I think I'm going to go with uh, which pair of skis I'm stealing out of here I'm on my <laughs> way out the door. And I think it's between the Renegade 114s or the uh, that uh, Folsom Blister Pro 104, the two that I, I'm kind of most curious about. And That is a pretty good answer to that question. And uh, yeah, those are two pretty good skis. So I, I think you, you're showing you've got good taste in skis. And um, yeah, but you're not allowed to steal those. So. Okay. Um, okay, we're giving you a nine for that. And uh, let's see. This is how you would earn like a really incredible score. If I just read you the, the numbers and then you just could automatically do the addition on this. <laughs> do you like your chances at this? Uh, I'm willing to try. Okay. Uh, seven, seven, eight and a half, eight, ten. 10, 3, 10, 7, 9, 8, 9. I lost it. I got out of it. <laughs> okay. Um, it was pretty good until about the last three, and then it all went to shit. <laughs> all right. I'll tell you what. We'll tally that score up for you later. And uh, on that note, I think we're going to wrap up. We will make a call on whether we're going to try to escape Blister HQ. Right. Uh, and then I think tomorrow we're going to, Go do some more riding, but not to a spot that Luke Coppa recommends. Yeah, he's fired for that. Yeah, he's fired. Um, he did get some amazing photos, like truly amazing. He did. He did an extremely good job with the photos. But the but the pow biking was uh, not not quite we were not quite what we were going for today. No, it wasn't yeah. great. And uh, I would like to thank the two of you for picking the one of me upside down mid crash for the uh, first image to put on the Instagram post today. That was good. <laughs> we do. We do what we can around here, and um, you know, so uh, you're welcome. Thank you. Uh, well, David, um, we've enjoyed having you at Blister and your contributions. Uh, you've survived reviewing the reviewer. Uh, it's you been seem, a lot of fun. You seem to be intact, and uh, yeah. Um, on that note, I think it might be dinner time. So Sweet. We'll go get some food. Talk to you guys later. That's it for this edition of Gear Thirty. Thanks to David, who walked away with an eighty percent rating. I think it was actually like 80.42%.
but that rating actually gives him the current top spot in our Reviewing the Reviewers series. Way to go, David. And I want to thank Luke Alley for producing this episode, and thanks to you for listening. And if you are enjoying these Gear 30 episodes or any of our other podcasts, we'd very much appreciate it if you would leave us a nice little rating or review in iTunes and spread the word to your gearhead friends. Thanks, everybody. Please take good care out there. We will talk to you again next week.